Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're talking with the Managing Director of Gloria Jean's Coffees International, Peter Irvine. Peter has previously worked as the uh, Managing Director of DDB Needham Advertising Agency. Now, he wanted a good cup of coffee, so he decided to go and buy the company. <laughs> welcome, Peter. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Thanks very much for joining us. Now, I've heard you speak a number of times at different network breakfasts, and, and your story is just an amazing story of faith and vision of how you've grown Gloria Jean's Coffees International. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you started out in business? Well, I left school after the intermediate certificate. Many people may not even remember that, but I left school year nine. I started in an advertising agency, didn't even know it was an agency, just happy to get a job, 14 years and 10 months and uh, I was there for 30, just over 30 years. Then our partners in Gloria Jeans, Nabi and Angela Sali, approached us about doing something different. We went to the US, had a look at what was the concept at that time and felt that we could, uh, we could take this on. We negotiated a deal based on 25 stores in the first term of 10 years. That's fantastic. And how do you like your coffee? I, my favourite is cappuccino, but I do like some of the other varieties, occasionally a caramel latte or even now, the uh, fruit smoothies. <laughs> I'm a caramel latte man myself. That's fantastic. Now, you're not just a business that's out there to make money and, and, and get rich. You also donate a lot of your, your profits to a ministry called Mercy Ministries. Do you want to tell us a bit about what they do? Yes, well, I mean, we set out with this business uh, to raise funds that we could help the community and ministries, um, you know, in Australia. And little did we know that we'd be eventually buying the brand worldwide, and own the whole rights worldwide and be able to then push our involvement worldwide. For example, we're now sponsoring up to 200 uh, children with compassion in a village in Brazil. We're doing uh, trust banks with uh, Opportunities International. And our aim uh, with Mercy Ministries, which is a residential program for young women who are uh, in some maybe in crisis or some issues, be it abuse, being abused, unplanned pregnancies uh, and so on, uh, bulimia, and uh, we put money boxes in all our stores, and today we've got 327 money boxes around the country. And people may wonder what their 5 cents, 10, 20 cents does, but you add that together and you can raise significant amount of money over a 12-month period. We also do cappuccino for a cause weekend. We're 50 cents from every one of our iced cappuccinos, and hot cappuccino goes to mercy. We provide a forum out in the stores with the leaflets and a lot of impactful companies have approached Mercy just through seeing those leaflets. But we support Aboriginal programs with uh, Bible Society and a whole range, Teen Challenge and so on. Uh, and we, we promote strongly for our stores to get involved in the community as well at a local level. It's not always with money but with product for fundraisers and so on. Now, I've heard some stories with some young girls who've been through the program at Mercy Ministries that end up working at Gloria Jean's Coffees. Can you elaborate on that for us? Tell us some of those stories. Well, I mean, the idea would be to take every one of them and, uh, you know, give them the opportunity because they're in a residential program and they've had not a great life in many cases prior to that, so they don't understand getting into the work environment. And... We took the opportunity to bring one girl into our office to, to start the process after finishing that course. Several of them have gone to our franchisees and have been hired through the interview process to work in stores, and then others have gone to, to other businesses, and it's just great to have companies who put their hand up and say, look, I'm, I'll take someone who's been through the program to help them in their transition to the next level. We do the same with Teen Challenge. 
in New South Wales where we take the guys after their the same type of program into our warehouse, three of those have gone on to own their own businesses uh, with uh, their parents or off their own volition. That's wonderful. Tell us, there might be some business people listening that are thinking, I've never really thought of being you know, generous with my business and you know, donating mm. to a charity. Tell us why you feel that you're responsible to do that. Oh, we believe that's what we've been called by God to do. Uh, if we're here just for ourselves, then you know, there's nothing beyond ourselves other than our relationship with God. We believe he's put us here to help people in need, support the community. And, you know, Solomon in the uh, Old Testament was one of the wealthiest kings of all time, but it seemed he got to, you know, his life, we had everything, and he was saying, what is life? Because he didn't have anything beyond himself. But I think it does a good thing for a company and its own people internally to see that they're making a difference in people's lives and seeing lives being changed and people come into a relationship with Jesus, but even people who are just destitute and just need even short-term uh, help. I think that's that's good for a company. Imagine if all business people had a heart like that to uh, reach out and help the poor and the sick and the lonely. You know, imagine how we could change the world. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, there are a lot of companies doing that, mm. and uh, but there's many more could be. Now, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, was there a time when you decided to become a Christian? How did that all happen? Well, I've always grown up from my very early years um, involved in Christian or going to church. And it would have been in those early years I made some type of commitment, but I didn't until the teenage, mid-teenage years came to the point of realising it needed to be a relationship one-on-one with God. And even through those years, you know, it was coming to grips with understanding what all that meant. And I would say when I reached the mid-30s, the revelation or the lights turned on that God is really interested in us, in our business in what we do. He just doesn't want two hours on Sunday and you do what you like during the week. It actually affects every part of our relationships, our family, our work, uh, church involvement, sport, the whole thing revolves around his part of living a life based around what he's done in our lives. So it was a growing understanding of what it all meant. If there's someone listening right now that's thinking, okay, that's interesting that you know this successful business guy is a Christian, maybe there's more to Christianity than what I thought, what would you say to them? How could they you know, become a Christian? What, what would this be the steps they would take? Well, the first thing is saying, I, I, I need to have God in my life. I recognise Jesus. That's why Jesus came to die for us. And, and he rose again to show he had victory over that death. He was able to do something in our lives. And we need to say, I believe that. Please change me. Forgive me. And then you, you've got to realise you have been changed from that point. You don't always necessarily get the tingly feeling, but you, you believe that that's happened and that's when you desire to want to spend time with him and to get amongst his people so you can learn and grow. Some people say when you become a Christian, everything gets rosy and everything's perfect and everything's fine in your life, but we do go through hard times in our lives as Christians as well. Uh, I heard you share a story a while back about when your factory burnt down. Uh, do you want to tell us what you went through then? Yes, um, we always try not to remember <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> uh, but it, ha- it turned out for the better, and I'll explain that uh, in a moment. But, you know, life's a journey, not a destination. You don't arrive when you, d- you suddenly do something one day. There's a growing uh, period. And God has never promised anywhere there won't be obstacles and difficulties and mountains in our lives, but he's promised a way through them. And when the fire happened, we got the call at home, eight minutes past midnight, and you don't want to hear 
a call like that that says your warehouse is on fire because this is our whole roasting warehouse facility for 92 stores at that time, a whole training support office, and it burnt for three days. And I sat in a car park and I said to the Lord, well, what do we do? And he says, well, you've got your green beans stored elsewhere and you've got your cups stored elsewhere. You can fly other product in. The next morning we got the staff together as they, st- as they arrived and together we rebuilt, rebuilt the business and were able to start roasting again within 24 hours. While the fire was uh, burning, we were able to rebuild the business. Sure, we ran on the smell of an oily rag for a couple of weeks, but we sat down and talked about God's now given us an opportunity, not that he caused the fire, but he's put on our plate the opportunity now to put into place something for this business that would launch us into a whole new area he's going to take us that we hadn't even visioned or imagined. And today we would not have been able to fulfil even Australia's requirements, let alone the world, out of that facility we had, whereas we now have a state-of-the-art roasting facility. We are supplying the world, and I'm talking Ireland, Turkey, UAE, South Africa, you know, right, across, you know, right around the world from Australia, not only just coffee, roasted coffee beans, but cups, lids, the cocos, everything comes out of Australia. Wow, that's, that's an amazing story of where you thought all hope was lost, um, but out of the ashes, um, the phoenix rose. Yeah. Mm. Now, um, you and your partner, um, your partner's on the board of um, Hillsong Church. You, you attend right. the church? Yeah, we attend the church. We went there about 12 or 13 years ago, and we ended up in his home fellowship group, um, only because that was the one nearest to us, so we got to know them over an 18-month period, and that's when he approached us. And by the way, we are born in different parts of the world, and uh, he's Iranian, but he was born in Bangalore. I was born in Blacktown in Sydney, and we're born on the same day in the same year. So who says God doesn't have a sense of humour? <laughs> now, that church has got a, about 16,000 people between two, uh, two buildings, uh, Waterloo and Borkham Hills, and it's having an amazing impact in Sydney. Do you want to tell us a bit about what it's like being involved in such an influential church in the city? Well, I've always been excited by growth, by action by you know energy and therefore coming to a church like that was like coming home for me i mean it may not suit everyone but the church is growing we're seeing lives change one of the interesting things is we start we eventually ran our own home fellowship group and the people were coming didn't know anything about the bible they didn't hear about david or joshua or anyone so it's like starting from scratch but they came with no mindsets uh, which was good as well. They just wanted to learn and absorb. But being involved in a church is... Uh, I don't think we would have moved into this Gloria Jeans if we, if we hadn't seen the vision, that a church could have a vision, and when there was an obstacle, they, they moved to the next stage. Uh, they didn't let the obstacle stall them. And I learned also from there that people sow into vision. When you give vision, people will fund, they'll put the energy in, into that vision. And uh, that helped really fuel the uh, the uh, Gloria Jeans in terms of the concept and getting it going. It's certainly, in a sense, birthed out of the church. I mean, a lot of people keep asking me, does Hillsong Church own Gloria Jeans? No, they don't. But what would it matter anyway if they did? But they don't. It just so happens we happen to meet in the church. Mm. Could have been another church up the road. Mm. That's good. That's good. Okay, now tell us a bit about yourself. What kind of books do you like to read? There's a few non-Christian books that I think are great for business people. One is Good to Great by Jim, Jim Collins. 
and talks about how good businesses went became great businesses and getting the right people on the bus. And I've just finished reading um, uh, Opportunities International, David Bissot's David book, Bissot yeah. book mm-hmm. uh, which was you know was which is good again to see how many obstacles sort of could set you back, but he just didn't allow them to do it because you know we all face those things and just see other people going through those. So there's been um, you know many books over the time, but there's some that non-Christian and Christian that help. But I've got to tell you, the thing I got last year I didn't know existed was John Maxwell's Leadership Bible. That is fantastic because you start, you know, I just started at Genesis and I'm only sort of partway through the Old Testament. It talks about leadership principles for business or for anyone. How to set a vision, how to set bad vision, how to structure you when you grow, how to structure, how bad structure. Um, it, you know, it's just fantastic. I didn't realise just right through the Bible, the I, I knew a lot of leadership stuff came, or most of it came out of there, but I didn't realise how much was in there. And that's well worth getting and that's available from any of the Christian bookstores. He's very inspiring, John Maxwell. I heard him speak at Hillsong. He talked about living life in your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're in your sweet spot at the moment, Pete? Um, I, I guess I'm never one of those that are ever happy that I'm in a sweet spot. My partner is, he feels he's living his dream. And I guess I've never asked Sue the question, and I should sometime. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm a person who's never satisfied. I think there's more that we could be doing and I've got to learn to live in the benefits of the journey. You know, God's people lived in the benefits on their journey to their, their calling, you know, to what God's called them to do. And I've got to learn to do that. That's very good news. You also said uh, at a breakfast recently, I, I made some notes, the best way to... Do you only ever the... go to breakfast? <laughs> oh, I go to lunch every now and then too. So lunch a lot, they used to call me. <laughs> yeah. the, best way to, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. That's right. And... Uh, we're so busy measuring statistics that we forget we can create them. That's right. And I think that's what you've done with Gloria Jeans. Mm. You've certainly been a history maker where you uh, took something that was small and now it's it's growing globally and uh, it's a real testament to your faith and your vision. So, uh, Peter Irvine, you certainly are a history maker. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, man. History Makers. <laughs>